If you just came in, the handout that's in the seat is for starting next Wednesday and also for next Sunday, which will be taught by Mitch. So you have something to look forward to after listening to me today. So on Wednesday night, for those of you that were here Wednesday night, we need to be more like the Bereans, as Paul said. And what does that mean exactly? Search the scriptures. And why did they search the scriptures? In the in the in that alludes to the fact that they wanted to know the truth. They were listening to preaching and they wanted to know, is this the truth? They searched the scriptures. They kept an open mind as well about what they were reading, because some of the things they were hearing was not agreeing with what they had believed for many years. They had contradicted what they had previously believed. But what did they what was the end result for the Bereans? They did learn that it was the truth that was being preached. And they humbly accepted the teachings that Paul was doing. And Mitch threw up a point on Wednesday night towards the end of class that said some people may be, if I can borrow your Bible, may be intimidated by going, how can I read all of this? How can I, you know, it's not a short story. How can I get through it? it you know, and, and then when they're surrounded by people that we consider scholars, and I'm not one of them, then you think, how am I ever going to know as much as that person knows? And they just give up. Because they go, how am I ever going to learn all this? And it's so much to read. But what's important about the Bible? It's the truth, but what what does it do for our daily lives? It gives us teaches you how to live, how to do things, and how to please God. Yeah. And what's important about pleasing God? Doing what He asks. That's all of it. <laughs> doing what He asks, but but pleasing God by doing the things He wants us to do will give us what eternal salvation. By, by following everything he says and doing what he says and continuing to do what he says. You know, there's some people that lead super good lives, but if they don't have God in their life, then there's no hope when death comes. And then there's some people that are not living a godly life and they look at what how we live or what the Bible says and they become discouraged because they think that's so much to change. The key is, just like reading the Bible, with Mitch's point, is you just take it one step at a time. Uh, we, we need the right attitude. We must be willing like the Bereans. It's a choice for us to read the Bible. And it's to do it for yourself, not to please others. The writers of the Psalms had the right attitude. Uh, in multiple passages, and, and these are in the outline, I shall delight in thy statutes, that thy testimonies are also my delight, they are my counselors. What's a counselor do for you? Guide you. Guide you, exactly. <laughs> it, I shall delight in thy commandments which I love, for thy law is my delight. Trouble and anguish have come upon me, yet thy commandments are my delight. So we need to carefully read the scriptures. And don't be intimidated by the size of the Bible. 
just think of it as the group of letters that God has provided us. And don't think about sitting down and trying to read it from cover to cover in one setting. Or even in one week or, you know, it's, it's a big book. So take it a letter at a time. In what's the motivation we should have? To please God, to find the truth. And what happens when we die if we don't have the truth in us? If we haven't found the truth yet, if we're not practicing what God has taught us, there's only two courses of action at death. There's either heaven or there's to be in torment with Satan. And how long does that last? Forever. So we need, to, we need and we should be striving to be with God in heaven. And that means living by what the Bible tells us, following God's Word. So where we ended up at on Wednesday night is right before where it says, When I am feeling. And that's letter J in your outline. I couldn't tell you what page number that is. And when we've been talking about reasons or how what the Bible means to us and how it helps us, several of you alluded to things just like this, how it gets you through your day when you're feeling down, when you're feeling really worried, when you're feeling, uh, or when maybe when you've sinned, or you're looking for strength to get through your, your daily chores that you might have, your daily struggles. So we're going to go through just a couple of these, and then I actually have another handout that will pass out that, that expands this a little bit. So. If we truly believe this is the Word of God, and we read scriptures like this, how does it help us? Reinforces our belief, for one thing. Reinforces our belief. And how does it make you feel if you read about uh, like when you have sinned, and you read that it says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Hopefully, I'll convict it. And you feel miserable. I feel miserable. I don't think I'm anything. And if, and if you read a passage like that, it gives you comfort. You read, you know, God's faithful, he'll forgive you. Um, there's things like that you'll read. Or you read examples of people that were, you know, just David. We, we go to David a lot because he was a man after God's own heart. You see how he stumbled, but how he was also repentant afterwards. and. You just see a pattern of things that you know may may have example in your own life where you find comfort that it's a, a shared human experience before God. It's not just me. I'm not the only one this ever happened to. Or uh, and that's the key right there. I'm not alone in this. Yeah. It's happened before. And look, they came back and they were accepted by God. So there's hope for me, Linda. Linda, did you have a comment? That yeah, was the same thing. Okay. Uh, so it's, it brings us comfort, as you said, which one of the things when we were talking on Wednesday is comfort and contentment brings us, that, that's part of the enjoyment of reading the Bible. And so by reading passages like this, it helps you to enjoy reading the Bible. It makes you enjoy it. But we can't just pick out one passage like this one. Uh, like some people do, you know, take it out of context. We've got to know what the solution to this is. 
that we're not lost, that we all sin, of course, but that we're not lost if we obey God and just don't take this verse by itself and then get so discouraged. I think it's like uh, like Scott said, it's just it's makes me feel good to know that other people are in the same shape, but that there's something we can do about it. Right, and you're exactly right. We can't just take one verse and say those that believe will be saved. You have to, you have to take everything. Uh, you can't pick and choose. And we talked about how the Bible doesn't change. And it's our handbook. And it's important to follow the rules. Um, as in anything that we do in our lives here, if there's a set of rules that you need to follow for work, then you follow them. But if there's a set of rules that you need to do for work and it conflicts with the Bible, what do you do? Follow the Bible. It's hard, but you follow the Bible. Right. Uh, I had a guy that worked for me that was a Baptist. He was really strong on trying to save people. He would stop and he'd, he'd write him whatever he was doing for the traffic stop and then he always wanted to go one step farther and he'd tell him, you're free to go at this time. But I'd like to talk to you about being saved. And as soon as the complaints hit, then it was like, you can't do that, not while you're working. And when you tell somebody they're free to go, you as a, a citizen, would you feel like you're free to go? You can free to go. You're, you're free to go right now, but I have a question I'd like to ask you. What are you going to say? <laughs> What's the question? <laughs> Anyway, but people complained. Obviously yeah. they would. And, uh, and so that's where he was trying to push God's stuff through his business. And it wasn't good. But he became a believer and moved on from there. And quit preaching at the time he was working when he had people basically held hostage to so the rewards of Bible study, what are they? Knowledge. Knowledge. Knowing that you're doing what is right. Knowing that you're following God's word. Knowing that you're saved. But also that daily comfort that you get out of it. By reading the scriptures. Because I was going to say peace. And in a lot of ways that it re when I study, it regrounds me. It reminds me of what is important to me. It puts perspective on the things that have been frustrating me. And it's more of a peace and a conviction of, okay, I'm, I'm recentered back to where I'm supposed to be. The world has is, does distract me. But when I come back to the scriptures, and I'm studying and focusing on them, it gives me, it returns the peace that I had been distracted from. So what she's talking about maybe is having one of those days to where, and maybe you can relate to this, where everything's going wrong. You know, you get up in the morning and you can't find your toothbrush. You can't, whatever the case may be, or if you have little ones at the house, they're not cooperating today, which they tend to do sometimes. That might be more accurate to my circumstances. <laughs> but you know, you, you go through just little things that just keep adding up to more and more. And then you get a phone call from a family member telling you more stuff, or you get a phone call from someone else, or you, or you see something that's happening on TV that 
it's like, oh man, what's going on in the world? And you just think it, well, I'm having a really bad day. And instead of thinking that way, if you read some scriptures out of the Bible, it may help you to improve your day, It'd make you feel more comfortable, give you peace, as Lisa said. Make your comfort level be better. And it can just change everything for the rest of the day and the rest of the week and the rest of your life. So as I said, I have some more handouts. Do you have that toothbrush issue often? No. Can <laughs> you pass a couple of each row to go down? So how do you find passages like this, like the list here that's on here? How do you find the passage that's going to make you feel comfortable? You, you find it by looking at a concordance. Or you can find it by third or fourth page in your Bible, which is a concordance. Right. There's indexes, there's concordance, but there's a lot of things that have key that if you're feeling angry, you can look up anger or angry in. That'll lead you to where it's found in the Bible. No, I wouldn't say just about every topic. For something like that, you can Google it. Actually, you can, go, you can Google it as well. If you're into the electronics, which I, I said Wednesday night I was, uh, and there's probably a lot of people here because we all carry our little devices with, you know. You can Google it, and there's a lot of lists. Now, you have to be careful, though, sometimes, because sometimes you're getting a list that may be by a denominational church that may try to lead me down a different path, too. So you have to be careful when you're actually just Googling things, because not everything on the internet is true. But really? Yes. There is always the topic, or not the topical, but the, uh, the Bibles that are designed to give you scriptures on a topic. And when you look at the topical Bibles and you look up a word, it will list all of those scriptures for you so you don't have to turn through the Bible. <coughs> so it'd be a topical study Bible? A topical Bible. No, just a topical Bible. Maves is a great one. Right. And I think that'll be explained in one of the later yeah. classes coming up. But, you know, rather if, if, if you don't have a electronics means of doing it, I've got Maves on my cell phone. Right. You know, and it's available at free because of the copyrights and all that sort of stuff. And so how, domains. how handy is that to have on your cell phone? And uh, if, if you don't have that, the paper copy is, I don't know, $9 or something like that. And they're very helpful for, for just a topical study that we talked a little bit about before. What is this done? What's the name? Naves, N-A-V, apostrophe S. Naves, topical one. Okay, I just one of those. And it's really, is another one, but not as good. It's really handy to have that. And it, as you can see from this list that I compiled here, it's NAVES is what it is. It's not there's an ES on it, yeah. NAVES. But when you when you look at the verses I put in here for being angry, that's not a total list. There's, there are tons of verses on every topic you can imagine. On every, almost every situation you can imagine. And it's really handy to be able to just turn to these verses and read them. And this this printout here would be very similar to what John is saying, is when you you look at the Naves Topical Bible, you're going to see 
verses on anger, and then you're going to see verses on whatever, whatever the thing is. What uh, we heard this morning in the lesson: be kind and not angry and hurtful. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, that was a really good lesson this morning. Yeah. That really lends to knowing the Bible and knowing each other. But when you, you know, and there's a ton of things I'm being worried. Do we have daily worries in our lives? Always. Parents, especially over with kids. You get to a certain age and then you're not only worried about your parents or your kids, but then you're worried about your parents as they get a little bit older. You're also worried about your grandkids. You're worried about your grandkids. It all adds up. And, you just... and so reading the Bible is really important for that. And it's, it's a way to, as you read it, more and more on situations, you're going to find that you're enjoying reading the Bible more. And then you can, as you start doing, start jumping into studies, or maybe preparing for class. Uh, I know not everybody prepares for class because I've been one of those in the past. But when you prepare for class, you start reading the Bible a lot more. You start connecting the dots between this lesson and the next lesson. And then when you get into a topic that maybe you've studied before, all of a sudden you see something a little bit, you learn something a little bit newer from it. How many times, Don, have you learned something from a verse that you've read many yeah, times before? You, you see a different angle at it. You see, there's something that just stands out and it's like God's telling you a little bit more. Maybe you couldn't handle everything the first time and now he's opening up our eyes to, to see more. Yes. I would just add through coming to Bible class and do, participating in different studies, <coughs> I have a familiarity that passages are comforting to me. And when, like, when I feel like it, this world is unfair or um, God isn't going, it's not going according to the plan that I have, <laughs> like Job, the last few chapters of Job, really kind of the gut punch that I need to like refocus on, oh wait, maybe I don't know everything that's going on in this world. But it can be, because there's, there's some really sad things in this world. There's some really hard things in this world when our prayers go are not answered with a yes and they're answered with a no. And so I have oh, just over time kind of in my mind picked out different passages and I have found when I talk to other Christians or like in like the ladies classes and people share their favorite scriptures or you start to write them down in different parts in your Bible, it can be helpful for when you're very emotional and maybe your brain cells aren't working, but it's written down for you as to where you can go. Uh, and that's, that's well said. My, my wife likes to, every time she hears one of those passages up front there in the auditorium, she'll start writing down the scriptures. Uh, or maybe we sing a song that just hits you the right way. She'll be logging that down too. Like, oh, I can look up the song again. I took a picture of it. There was one that I took a picture of the other day on my phone, and I got—I didn't have the book in front of me, but I had the picture of the song, and I could sing it with tears in my eyes. But it was something that was really comforting to me because it was such a tough time. And sometimes you'll—you'll you'll notice that a lot of the songs have a scripture that go with them. Mm -hmm. They're—they're you know, they're based upon the scriptures. I always read those before I lead a song. I think that's kind of the kind of point of being top. 
basically saying, Lord, lift me up and let me stand. I heard that in my head, and it helped too. It was, it's like a prayer. But and it's the same as the scriptures. When you read the scriptures, uh, especially if you maybe just read a couple of them at the beginning of the week, it might take you through the. It might carry you through the week if you keep dwelling upon those. Daisy, I think what's helped me. Um, I know you know technology can be good and bad, and you know these Apple watches. It's been my friend this week because I switched my son's picture to different scriptures. I have ten of them, so each time you know I look at what time it is. There's a scripture that's helped me through this week. It's been a long week for me, so it's just a reminder, you know, of something about God throughout the day, because how many times do we look at what time it is throughout the day? I mean, even That's, that's an excellent phone. way, and you know, when we first set a prayer goal a year ago, or last year's goals, I actually put a nice pretty picture on my phone, in it, but it said prayer across it as my reminder that I need to be praying more. And so, I mean, there's there's lots of ways you can remind yourself. You can put read the Bible on it, you know, just whatever whatever helps you. Uh, it's all about reminders. So one of the things in the outline says uh, we should have a sound theology as one of the rewards of reading the Bible. What's theology? What's it's the study of the nature of God and religious belief. So what would this sound part of that be? It would mean that you'd have a, a, the correct information about God. You're, you're getting the correct information which is coming out of the Bible. It is always, is it important what we believe? Is there any doctrinal confusion out there today that can get in our way? <laughs> Sometimes it's a hindrance in teaching people because they believe something that's not the truth and they want to hang on to it. It's absolutely a hindrance. I mean, it, as the Bereans did, they, they had some confusion in their lives that they weren't aware of, but when Paul started preaching, he, that's when they saw something different. But they studied to figure out what's right. They had that open mind. But today so often what you're saying is if you talk to someone about the Bible, they may be so grounded in something else or they believe in it firmly that they're not going to listen to what you're telling or they just think maybe you're a nutcase. And they won't listen to the scripture. Either. They won't, And they're not going to listen to the scripture. But Nobody's it's, interested hardly because they... Mama told them they were a Methodist or whatever, and so that's what they are. And they never really pursued it, but that's what there I are, am. There are a lot of people that feel that way. That yeah. They're already, hey, I'm a, I'm a Christian, yeah. is what they figure. I'm a Methodist. Yeah. And, and that's all they go with. Lisa? I was really inspired with who, the guy who's up in um, Michigan, who came to preach for us. Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson, One of the things that I thought was so profound is he was giving posters and people, the people who were interested came. And I feel like so often I think God wants the people who I want to talk to, not necessarily the people who are actually looking for the scriptures. And I wonder if we change our, if, if we have to look for the people who are looking and they may not look or sound or be the people who we want them to be. And I'm going to be honest with my own biases. 
and it, but there are people who are left because there's people who have showed up to his classes. So he had the sign. It's just that people had to be willing to come to it. That's actually a, a really key point because probably we all have some biases of who we would invite in to, to hear about God rather than just putting it out for everybody to hear. Mitch, you did? Come yeah, on. I'm just thinking uh, the majority rejected Jesus. And we act like we're surprised when sometimes they reject us. If the majority rejected Jesus, I mean, we have to keep looking and searching. And I think that's where prayer comes in, too. And uh, I mean, Nelma's one of the best I've ever seen. She, she, she doesn't understand the word no. <laughs> she keeps looking and looking, and guess what happens? They keep coming. Right. Uh, if you pray for an open door, but be willing, be willing now to, to act on it once that door opens, the Lord will open the door for you. Um, and I think sometimes we, we beat our head against the wall and no one's interested. That's not true at all. No, there there's are, people there, interested there in are people, You just got to find them, and, and, and the Lord will bring them to you. I, I believe that. He did with the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip. And if, if there are people searching on it with honest hearts, and there are, uh, you, you'll run across them if you're willing to, to do something. It's good right. just, you know, sometimes we just talk. Uh, but the Lord will do that for you. I think like what Kay said, there's so many people that say, well, I'm this or I'm that already. And they're not interested in you at that time, but you can always leave them with the thought that if you ever want to study the Bible, I'll either study with you or we know somebody that will. Yeah, you can't beat them over the head with it. I mean, right. if they no, say no, just, then you just have to right. shake your dust off and, and go find and somebody that says right. yes. There's lots of people out yeah, there. Yeah, there are. So one of the things about all the, doc the doctrinal confusion, though, is it tells us we have to be really careful of what we're looking at. And, and we'll probably get into this more in the in the later class on the, all the different references that are out there. But like when you go online looking for things, or when you look at different Bible applications, you need to know who's behind that. And, and is it truly what you're looking at? Is it the truth that you're looking at? So you have to be, especially on the internet, because there's so much stuff out there on the internet, you've got to be careful. One thing I haven't heard brought up yet, reasons for studying the Bible, is modern science. When we look at the Bible, it has all truth. It tells us about God, His power, you know, the questions there in the final chapters of Job and, and various other things. But right now, science is spending billions of dollars trying to find out about dark energy and so on and so forth. What's causing the universe to continually expand? Did you ever read the first few chapters of Isaiah? It talks about the God who continually stretches out the heavens. Now, once once you get on into the scriptures and you start noticing some of these these minute little things that you just kind of read and glance over, you, how many times have you read that and it didn't sink into you? Hey, God is continually stretching out the heavens. What has science determined that the heavens are doing? And they go into redshift and all that other sort of stuff to explain that the galaxies are actually moving away from each other. Well, well the thing about science is, is science is constantly proving things in the Bible. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Now they don't always admit it, but you know, or it's not well published. No, but, but there's a lot of stuff that's being proven by science today about what the Bible said a long time ago. And uh, our our continual Bible study will lead us into those things where when we get some of our friends that are hard over, well, the Bible's not true, science is true. Can you get to the point in your studies where you can take the Bible and prove that the Bible is accurate according to science? You may never, as, as Mitch said, some of those people you just need to move on with. Yeah. Leave a door open to them if they ever want to come back, but uh, because it, if they believe that now science is true, they're scientists. But that's where I am on my mind. Any other comments before we move on? Why is it important for us to have a, a data bank in our heads on the Bible, or maybe have a handout that has references? Why is it important for us to have that available to us? You never know who God's going to put in our path. Did you hear what Nama said? You never know who God's going to put in our path. Which lends to what Mitch said about, you're really good at this. <laughs> you know? The, the regular reader, the habitual reader of the Bible will store truth in their minds. And what did Peter tell us to be ready for? Always give an answer. Always give an answer. Have a defense ready to give an answer as... For what? To be able to teach the truth. Because as he says in 1 Peter 3.15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So, so that goes back to if we're living by what the Bible says, then we're those shining lights in the world. A shining light in the world, then those people that are living in darkness hopefully will want to know uh, whether it's a co worker, whether it's your neighbor, somebody's going to ask you someday, why are you, why are you different than everybody else? You're different than the neighbor down there that does this, this, and this, and has all the loud parties or, or whatever. Why are you different? So we need to be ready to, to talk to them. Because that's that door, Mitch said, that, that we should be praying for to open. Yeah, I learned that um, I have a gal that comes into the store that I work at. She also works at the Circle K that I go to. And I went in one Sunday morning with the girls just to grab a, a drink on the way out. And when I got up there, she, she purposefully came to a register and called me over. And she says, I know you're a lady that goes to church. Can you pray for something for me? And I, the first thing it did was like, it just smacked me in the face like, I never told her I go to church. Yeah, I come in here and I dress on Sunday, so that might be a giveaway. But, you know, she sees me at, at work all the time in jeans and my work shirt, so, but she was so, I, I told her, yeah, I says, what do you need? I wasn't going to turn her down. I know I said, what do you need? And a couple of weeks later when she came by the store, she thanked me because what she had requested me to, to pray for for her had, you know, there had been a resolution. It wasn't completely what they were hoping for, but there had been a resolution. And just that she came in, one, that she asked me, and two, that she came in and told me afterwards, 
and I would just, it made my heart bloom. I Absolutely. was just, I don't know. And I've put out to her, you know, if you want to study on a number of occasions, if she's, when she's ready, she'll tell me. And that's what you do? Yeah. You want to know more about the power of prayer? Let's talk. That's it. Any other comments? Please. I think it's important, too, that we have a database because everybody has trials that come up in their lives. Our sisters and brothers in Christ have trials. And so to have that, not just experiences, but things that have pulled you through different experiences to share with them um, or somewhere to go in the Bible to help work through a problem with somebody. But you feel more prepared. And you have an idea of where in the Bible there were examples of things that you can learn from that you can build each other up together. And I think that's so important because we're a huge resource for each other. It's really important because who do we have to who do we lean upon besides God and Jesus? Each other. You know, in, in what did Brian call all of this this morning? Yeah. As the Bible club. We're all temples of God. And we need to work together. We need to support each other because sometimes some of us go through some really tough times. And, and some of us have been through tough times before. You might be able to help someone go through one of those dark days. And how do you get through it? By reading, but sometimes it helps by hugging and, and listening to someone else that's actually been in a situation in one of those tough times. You know, there's, there's just... And, who was it that said, and I can't remember who was it, somebody else probably can tell me who it was. Somebody said one time, it was one of our visiting preachers that said, every row out there, on every pew, there's somebody that has one of those stories. Those and Adams. Those He said, and that's in every church, everywhere. Somebody has a story. And it's not the best story, but they're here to still talk about it, and they're still worshiping God. And so it... We all need each other's love. We need each other's support. And, and we get the strength to do that by reading the Bible and building up that databank of information so that we're ready for things. And, and you know, timing, <clears throat> we all know this, but timing is so critical. We were having a study this week with a lady who, who uh, grew up, we would say rough or uh, abusive this and abusive that and, and not really interested, but uh, she's interested now. And so timing is critical. It may take decades before, you know, like uh, what Catherine was saying before, but that lady will never forget what Catherine did there. Right. And she may be open for Bible study in six months or a year. We, we don't know these things. In some cases, it's decades. And now, um, with all the stuff that, that people have to go through, Eventually, they get to the point where there's got to be more to it than this. There's got to be right. more to life than this mess that we're in. Then that's the ones that you know that are open to uh, open to God, and maybe they haven't been their whole life. It, and even talking to like the person Kay said, somebody that says, "Hey, I'm a Methodist, and that's how I was born and raised with my and my parents told me that." Even with that person, they're going to remember someday. They may anyway that. That you offered to do a study, or you you offered to talk about being a real Christian. 
That's why I'm a firm believer that as long as there's breath, there's hope. True story. As long as there is breath, there is still hope. A lot of people that have been raised denominational have seen that there's some, some contradictions themselves, even if they haven't you know, been raised studying a whole lot. They've seen, they might not want to talk about it right away, but you get that with a lot of people that they see, and so someday they might, re, you know, they might realize that you know, there's got to be something, something more to that. They've been, they've realized that that was wrong for their whole life for a long time. Maybe they might want to talk to you about. You're right. There's, you there's a, there's a, there is a lot of contradictions in non-denominational non -denom churches, and and that could start right from like marriage, divorce, and remarriage issue to where it, divorce is rampant in some of those churches, and people see if they read the Bible at all, they'll see that. We say, look what the Bible says, and look what everybody's doing around me. It's hard for people to miss all of them. Right, it is. Because <laughs> there's a lot of them in a lot of denominations. Something I've done uh, pretty regularly is, if I think the door is open, say, would you like to know why I believe what I believe? Because they good, might have wondered, that's good, and that's a good way of even asking, they might realize that they don't know why they believe what they believe. Sometimes people don't want to commit themselves. Lack of commitment, like I'm too busy. But, but I appreciate what you believe, but I'm, I'm too busy. So what's the best answer to any problem? The Bible. God's Word. The inspired Word of God is the best answer that we can give anyone. And is it all the answers we need in the Bible? What's another reason for knowing what's in the Bible, having that data bank? So that we'll recognize false teachers. It's important to know the truth so that you'll recognize that stuff that you get off the internet as, well, I've got to stay away from this. Or, or somebody that shows up at your front door with a pamphlet, you can offer to talk to them about the truth. So you can teach others. Well, sometimes it's more than you need to see them more than once because the first time they see it seems like okay everything's right down the road we're good but then the next time it takes a little bit of a deviation and the time after that it takes a little bit more of a deviation and you need to know when it's like okay now this is when I need to in, either interject and say we need to talk about this or remove yourself from it so that you don't get led astray. Right. Yeah, because there's still potential Christians. If they're, te if they're teaching something that's wrong, there's that's a, still a soul there that's lost. And so if you can actually teach them, uh, the problem is, and that's like they blew out by twos so that you can't uh, pick on one, there will be a little bit of strength. Well, I hope this class has been useful for you. Mitch, we'll pick up on Wednesday night. And what's your topic on Wednesday? The Bible, simple and pure. The Bible, simple and pure. In two weeks, we'll do a Bible study aids and all of that. So I'm glad you kind of introduced that today. Good. Thank you all. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.